not going to have time to go all the way back and review, but I do want to talk just a little bit about some of the definitions of complain. Now, I'm sure no one in here needs a real in-depth explanation about what it is to complain. Most of us are experts in that field without even trying. But I just want to compare today what it, uh, what complaining and contending, uh, the difference there. How many of you in here today want to be a contender? For the things of God and not a whiner and complainer about everything that's going wrong in your life. Just some simple definitions of the word complain. One of them is to express displeasure. I'm sure no one in here has ever done that, right? There's never been a time that something happened that upset you and you expressed your displeasure. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I think we've all been there, done that. How about to find fault? Of course, when something goes wrong in our life, it's really easy to point our finger at someone else. To complain about, well, if they hadn't have, I wouldn't have. If they didn't say that, then I wouldn't have said that. If they ain't done that, I wouldn't have done that. It's easy to point our finger and to find fault with everybody else. That started way back in the Garden of Eden. We know the story of Adam and Eve. And of course, when they ate of the fruit and Eve brought it to Adam, immediately Adam said, God, it's the woman that you gave me. It was her fault. And not only was it her fault, he really was pointing his finger at God because he said, you gave her to me. So he was finding fault with the woman and finding fault with God. That's an act of complaining. Another one that's real uh, clear to us is declare annoyance. Did you know that we can declare our annoyance without even saying a word? What if somebody does something and we go, (sighs) 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 or this is one that I have to work on a lot. When I'm annoyed, I don't say something all the time, but I roll my eyes. World champion, eye roller. That's just a sign of showing our annoyance. It's a form of complaining. People shrug their shoulders. It's just language, but it, all of it displays our displeasure. And are complaining. But as I was preparing for this message a couple of weeks ago, I found this in Webster's Dictionary. And I was just like, wow, is that ever clear? Listen to this definition of complain. To claim pain. Wow. I ought to hear some wows in here. To claim pain. Words are containers and they are powerful. How about we say things like, oh, this trick me. I just don't get around like I used to. You know what we've done? We've claimed arthritis. Or what about, I cannot believe the way they mistreated me. Every time I think about that, I get so hurt. We're claiming hurt. We're claiming bitterness. We're claiming resentment to claim pain. How about this one? Every time I think about what they said, my blood boils. Claiming pain, claiming anger. How about saying things like this? I hate my job. Just claimed pain and claimed dissatisfaction. 
Well, we're not going to leave today on a sad note. Because <laughs> I don't believe that that's any of us in here. We've all been there and done that. But we are growing up and we're going to see what God says in his word about not complaining, but contending for God's best. Joyce Meyer coined this phrase years ago. She said, complain and remain, praise and be raised. How many of you, that's us today. We're going to praise and we're going to be raised. Amen. We are not complainers. We are contenders. Now let's get over here on a real good note and talk about contending. What are some definitions of the word contend? Well, one of them is to strive for, to use earnest efforts to obtain to defend and to preserve. To contend means that we got to put some effort into something. We got to give it our best. We have to go after it with all of our heart. Ephesians 2.8 tells us how we are saved. Anybody know what that says? I'll put it up there. For by grace have we been saved. Let's Okay, let's all read it together. That's good class. For by grace have we been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is a free gift. It's based on grace. But you know, we have to contend. We have to make an effort to receive this free gift. For whosoever will shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that salvation comes through believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. There are millions of people in the world today that they would say, oh yeah, I believe in a higher power. I believe in God, maybe a God, a super uh, being, supernatural being, but they're not born again because they have not believed in their heart, confessed with their mouth. They have not received the free gift of salvation. We don't have to work. We don't have to fight for our salvation, but in a sense, we have to contend. We have to make an effort to receive what he has already provided. Terry, come up here. I'm going to show you a vivid illustration. This is our salvation. This is the promises of God represented in a $20 bill. And I'm God. And you're poor little Terry that needs to be saved. You don't know Jesus. You haven't received a free gift. And I'm standing here saying... Here's salvation. Here's all you ever need to be a victorious person in life. Here's your healing. Here's your financial provision. And she's just standing there saying with her little sad eyes, I need help. Uh, I need to be saved. But you know what? As long as she's standing there with her arms at her side, I can throw the money at her. But she still didn't get it. Come here, PT. You're younger than me. Pick it up. (laughs) I can throw it at her, but it didn't stick to her. It didn't get to her. Why? Because she didn't open her arms and receive it. But I say, Terry, I love you. I'm God. I'm Jesus. I have the free gift of salvation. All that you will ever need 
to cause you to walk in victory. Take it. Woo! You can keep it. (laughs) Be blessed. Our whole in and out burger cometh to Ron now. Anyway, our whole Christian life is based on he's given it. We got to receive it. Freely, we have to receive. She didn't have to work for it, but she had to make an effort. She had to reach out and open her hand and receive it. Brother Hagin, our spiritual father, used to say this. The blessings of God don't fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. That means you got to reach up and take the cherries off of the tree, the fruit off of the tree. So today, what I'm seeing myself as, I am a spiritual cheerleader. Rah, rah, ha, 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 whatever. We're going to get you stirred up to go after the things of God. How many of you see that you could grow higher in the things of God? How many of you got some areas in your life that you know you're not walking in God's best, but you want to? It starts with a want to. It starts with a desire. Do you desire all that he has provided for you? Then be a contender. I saw this scripture this week. And I thought it was so awesome. In Jude. You know there's only one chapter. In the book of Jude. Jude 1 will say. Verse 3. In the new King James. There's a part in here. That just went off on the inside of me. Behold. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning your common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to, now read this part with me, contend earnestly for the faith. Everybody say it again. Contend earnestly for the faith. Then the rest of it, of course, which was once for all and delivered to the saints. So this faith, this free gift of salvation was for everyone. It is for everyone. But he's saying, I found it necessary to write to you and to exhort you to contend earnestly for the things of God to contend and to continue to walk in faith. We are called to walk in faith. The just shall live by faith. If we complain and we just look at all of the negative, it is a downward spiral. We preached about the complaining a couple of weeks ago. The children of Israel are a wonderful example of complaining. If you want to look at it in Numbers chapter 13 and 14... God had given them the promised land. They came right up on the edge of it. And Moses sent in the 12 spies to spy out the land. And here they came back. We know that 10 came back with an evil report. But there were two, Joshua and Caleb. And the Bible says they had a different spirit. They had the spirit of faith. They came back and they said, we don't have to be moved by the giants. We are well able to take what God has promised us. But once again, the majority believed the evil 
report. And they didn't enter in to the promised land. The Bible says they started complaining, first of all, against Moses. But God took it personally. And they said things like, oh, we should have just died in Egypt. It would have been better if we died in the wilderness. And God said, okay, you complained against me. He took it personal. Because they didn't believe his word. You complained against me. So that's exactly what you're going to get. Everybody 40 years and older is going to die in the wilderness. That's not us. Amen. We're going to honor God's word. We're going to take what he has promised us and contend for it. The word of God is not the problem. People sometimes complain and they get upset. Well, I did that confession thing for a whole week and nothing happened. I believed that I was healed and I got sicker. You know what that is? That's really a form of complaining with God and saying, your word don't work. It, God's word is not the problem. Attacks are going to come. Doubt. Unbelief, it's going to come. Weariness is going to happen. One of the reasons people stop contending and making that effort to get what God has promised is they get flat tired. And they're like tired physically, tired spiritually. And they lay down and they quit. Pastor, be proud today. I know who Vince Lombardi was. He was a famous football coach. Who did he coach though? I forget. All right. I get half a star. Green Bay. But I know he said this, that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Physical fatigue makes people to draw back and quit. But if you're fatigued spiritually and you haven't been meditating on the word of God, it will make you lose your strength. And if you don't have your strength, You know what's going to happen? You're not going to stand. You'll be weak and weary. Now, I found another definition of contend. I like to look up definitions. Maybe it's because I have trouble with the English language. And so I (laughs) need an expounded version. But this is good. Another definition of the word contend is this. To fight for. I like that one. Went off on the inside of me. To fight for. Too many Christians have lost their fighting spirit. Come on now. Too many Christians are over in the carnal, in the natural. They're fighting each other. (laughs) But we're not supposed to be fighting one another. We're supposed to be fighting fighting the good fight of faith. You know, in the natural, maybe... If I was a texter, I'm learning all of these little initials. I am a texter. In the natural, let's say BBA. You know what that stands for? Before born again. Wasn't that clever? (laughs) In the natural, BBA. (laughs) Maybe you had a fighting nature. I know everybody has different temperament, personalities, family genes. Sometimes people are just born Naturally sweet. There are some people that they're just such a kind, gentle nature, even before they're born again. Then there's others that are kind of mean, rude, loud, aggressive, bad-tempered. 
I don't know how that is. It's family genes. Well, my family, we got two different sides of the spectrum like everybody does. Everybody in here had a mom and a dad. And my mother's family, just sweet people. My mother was one of the kindest, most gentle women. She always had a smile on her face, just very behind the scenes, serving, loving people in that fashion. As a matter of fact, my dad, his nickname for her was Sweetie Face because she just had a sweet face. So, oh, isn't that sweet? And then on the other hand, the Edwardses were a different crew. My dad got born again in his 20s before any of us kids were, were ever uh, born. So I never knew him, BBA, before born again. <laughs> but uh, and I don't think he was as bad as the rest of his family. But the Edwardses, generally, their temperament was not like the Bells, my mom's side of the family. My grandfather was pretty much full blood. He was part of Welch, but mostly Irish. And he had red hair. He had a red face, he was a drinker, and he was a stinker. And he would just loved to get in fights. His nickname was Booger Red, and that's not good. So he spent a lot of time in bars, a lot of time beating people up, and just had a different kind of a nature. And I know that when Ricky, even when he was a teenager, my brother, my dad, used to go, Jesus, help us. He's acting like... His grandfather. So he got that kind of, he got that kind of that fighting spirit. And you know, me, myself, and I, I, I'm kind of a combination. But even at a young age, I realized I had a temper. I had to temper my temper. And I realized that my flesh wanted to fight sometimes and whoop up on people. It's absolutely the truth. I grew up in the country and we had a lot of cousins. Of course, I have two younger brothers and there's tons of cousins and they were all boys that were my age. And I remember the summer before I started first grade, we didn't have to go to kindergarten back then or not where I grew up. And the summer before I started first grade, all my cousins were over at the house and the boys were wrestling. And I thought, I'm going to show them how this is done. I was a scrawny, skinny little kid, got right in the middle of the dog pile, and I don't really know what happened. My arm went this way, and one of my bigger cousins fell on it and broke my arm, my right arm, about three weeks before school started or so. So I had to start first grade with a cast because I'd gotten in a fight with my cousins, basically. And so I go to the first grade, and listen, I went to a two-room schoolhouse through sixth grade, little country girl, and there was like 10 kids maybe in the first grade, and once again, a lot of them were my cousins, and the other ones were neighbors, and they were all boys. I was the only girl in the first grade. And I remember one of the first days of school, we're learning how to write, pick up our pencil. Of course, I couldn't. My right arm was in a cast. And some of these boys started making fun of me. I got out of my chair. I went down the row. And with my cast, I whacked them all on the head. And they were all, yeah, some of them were crying. All I remember is I got a note for misbehaving. <laughs> then another time we, were all, we rode school buses back in the day. And I'm not advocating this stuff. I'm just saying. By this time, I might have been a teenager. We were riding a school bus, probably in junior high. And these boys, I had long hair. They were always pulling our hair. Me and my friend were sitting there. They'd just pull our hair and tie things in it. I had enough one day. I stood up 
and literally, I probably cold-cutted the guy. I remember smashing him in the face, giving him a bloody nose. And you know what? The bus driver didn't do a thing. He was just laughing. But that boy never pulled our hair again. So I'm just saying, (laughs) what am I saying? I'm saying that we can all yield to the flesh. We can all be carnal, but there's something about having that fight on the inside of you that you need in life. I can tell you for a fact, if Pastor Mark and I didn't have that fighting spirit on the inside of us, we would have quit. We would have left the Bay Area. If some of your name in here, some of your name might be Brenda. It means fiery one. And Pastor Mark's name means war, warlike one. So, I mean, God knows what he is doing. There's many times that we have had to do a fight in the realm of the spirit. Now, thank God we have tempered our nature and we're not punching each other out and all of that stuff. We're not fighting one another. I'm not advocating fighting and fussing and cussing in the natural. But I am saying that you got to have something on the inside of you that says, I'm not putting up with that. I'm not taking that devil. You're not going to pull my hair anymore. Here you go. You got it. In the name of Jesus, do what you got to do. In the realm of the spirit, we're not called to fight each other, but we are called to fight. Come on now. Got an amen in here? Yeah. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Come on, Don't lose your spunk. Come on, Don't lose your spiritual fortitude. Be strong in the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy 6, 12. Oh, I must have wrote that down wrong. It must be 1 Timothy. No, no, it's 2 Timothy, but it's 6, 12, not 1, 12. Right? 1 Timothy 6, 12. Okay, 1 Timothy 6, 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Sorry, guys, I wrote it down wrong. Fight the good fight of Faith. We got to get that one up there. First Timothy, is that not the right one? Okay. Fight the good fight of what? Does it say fight in the flesh? Fight people? No. We're called to fight, all right, but we're called to fight the good fight of faith. And when we do, what's going to happen? We're going to lay hold of some things. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of what's been promised. Lay hold of what's been given to us. It's a calling. It's a command. He didn't say, if you feel like it, get up and fight the good fight of faith. No, it is not a choice. When you come into the family of God, he has made us overcomers. But we, and Satan is defeated, but we are called to enforce his defeat. He will try to raise up his ugly head. 
but we're not called to fight him in the natural. In the natural, we're no match for the forces of darkness. There is a difference between being aggressive in the flesh. That's called obnoxious and rude. We're not called to do that. Be mean to people. Be rude to people. Well, I'm going to have my way. You don't know who I am. You don't know who you're talking to. All of that kind of stuff. But boldness is from the inside. And that's what we are called to walk in. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. As bold as a lion. Don't let the devil come and run roughshod over your house. Don't let him have your finances. Don't let him have your marriage, your kids, whatever the case may be. Rise up and be bold on the promises of God. If we don't have that fortitude on the inside of us, we are not going to go fur and we won't last long. If you don't have it, you can't work it up. You can't run by Walmart and buy some spunk. But you can get it through meditating on the authority of the word of God. You can get it by going through the Bible and seeing what he has promised. You can lay hold of the promises of God. By meditating on who he said you are in Christ Jesus. You can rise up on the inside by praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. But you beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be today. If you have been filled, but you are not praying in the Spirit on a regular basis, then I exhort you to begin to stir up, stir up the gift of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up. And the more you pray in the Spirit, you're going to sense your spirit man rising up. Hallelujah. And you're going to say, I'm ready for anything and everything that comes my way. When we are a contender, when we will stand on the promises of God, When we will fight the fight of faith, not only will it impact our lives, but it will influence those around us. Your family's going to know it. The devil's going to know it. People in your life are going to recognize they got a spirit of faith upon them. A spirit of faith is tangible. The Bible said it. Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. About them. The other ten spies were cowards, but they had a spirit of faith. And Moses recognized it. And God recognized it. If you're new to this church, you may not know that I have, Pastor Mark and I have, a beautiful four year old granddaughter. If you've been here very long, you do know. What's her name? Very good. And from the time. That Olivia was a baby. 
We'd go down there. I made a pact. A pastor came into agreement with me when she was born. I made. I went down there every four to six weeks for the first year of her life because I wanted her to know her Grammy and bond with her Grammy. And you know, I wasn't just going down there playing with her. I can remember from the time she was a baby. I'd sleep in her room. She'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd get her up, put her in the bed with me, and many times just pray in the spirit over her, speaking the word of God, praying in the spirit over that little girl. Well, she knows that Grammy and Papa are prayers. I got a call last week and I from Lindy, her mom, and I could hear Olivia just crying in the background. What is wrong? And Lindy said, well, I don't really know why she did this, but she loves money. She's going to be a wealthy girl in the name of Jesus. She's always been fascinated with money. She's got piggy banks and she hides money all over the house. And so she was playing with her money. And I'm not sure why, but she decided not only am I going to play with it, I'm going to eat some of it. So she ate a penny and a dime. And she knew right away it was a mistake. So she ran and told her mommy that she had eaten this money. Well, Lindy calls the doctor and of course they say it's okay. You had her age, it'll pass this and other, but she would not quit crying. She said to her mother, you have to call Grammy. She needs to pray. So she puts her on the phone. I started speaking the word over. I started praying. Jesus is in you. You're okay. This is not going to hurt you. Not pain. She calmed right down. She knows. I mean, her mom and dad pray for her, but she knows where the real power is. (laughs) So that was last week. And then Wednesday night. And we were getting ready to come into church. And I keep seeing John's calling, John's calling. Of course, I, I was getting ready to come into church. So I, I, I listened to my message. And it's Livy on my phone. And she's like, so excited. Grammy, I have good news, she said. I pooped my coins out. <laughs> What's the point? don't eat coins but nonetheless put them in the offering instead no anyway it does matter it matters how we contend it matters what we say it matters how we pray all we need is faith in God it's a tangible force Your family will know it. The devil knows it when you rise up and stand in his face and say, no, in the name of Jesus. If it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're going to get. Definition of content to fight for. I'm fighting for what's rightfully mine. You're not stealing it from me. You're not hindering me from having the blessings of God. Listen to this about a contender. Another thing about a contender. A contender is one who opposes a reigning champion. Who opposes a reigning champion. I've never been to a boxing match. But I know sometimes they advertise it like that. That so and so is the contender against the heavyweight champion. Well you and I sometimes it might look like we're coming up against 
a world champion. But we are the contenders and we will win. Do you, anybody in here remember the story of David and Goliath? David in the natural, he was the contender. And Goliath looked like he was the champion of the world. He was huge. He had all this armor on. He looked like he he was going to do David in, didn't he? But I love David's attitude when he came up against that giant. Let's just look at a few of these verses over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You can read the whole story. I'm sure if you went to Sunday school, you know this account. The Philistines were were surrounding the army of Israel. Nobody wanted to go out and fight Goliath. David came to visit his brothers. And he had a different spirit about him. He had a spirit of faith on him because he had contended before and he had won. He slew it, already had slew a bear and a lion and all these different things that had come after the sheep. But this is what he did when he saw the Philistine Goliath. Then David said to the Philistine, you came to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled this day. Here's the spirit of faith. This day, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And he went on and said what he was going to do to him. I'm going to strike you down. I'm going to take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. This young man knew God. Yes, he did. He knew the power in what God had said. He knew he was a covenant man. And he wasn't just saying to Goliath what he was going to do to him. But he said, all your cousins, I'm going to go in and take the whole camp of the Philistines and feed it to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth. That all the earth may know what? That there is a God. That all the earth may know what? That there is a Folks, there is a cause to contend. God wants your needs met. He wants your body healed. He wants your family saved. We got to contend for the contend for those things. But there is also a cause for the body of Christ to contend. Contend for revival in our nation. Contend for an awakening in our land. That all the earth may know that there is a God in the East Bay. That all of the earth may know that God is God in the United States of America. There are giants that have risen up. They're ugly heads. There are things that are looming over our nation that are saying, I'm a stronghold. I'm a champion. You're not taking me down. But we can rise up in the realm of the spirit, just like David did with that natural giant. And we can say, I'm going to strike you down. I'm going to take your head off. You are not going to have a stronghold in our nation in the Bay Area. One thing about slaying giants that we have to remember is never run at your giant with your mouth closed. 
Never run at the giant with your mouth closed. What do I mean by that? David had his little slingshot in his hand, but he was running at Goliath and he was talking covenant talk. He said, who do you think you are defying the armies of Israel? Who do you think you are coming against the army of God, the people of God? I'm going to cut your head off. He was running at him and he was speaking faith. That's covenant talk. When something rises is up in your life and you know it's from the pit of hell and it may look that like it is huge. It may look like it's going to take you out. You need to rise up on the inside, find scriptures that cover your case and then you run at that thing speaking the word of God. Who do you think you are cancer? My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Who do you think you are financial lack? He said He was going to meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You're not taking me out. You're not stealing from me. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm not going to lay down and take this. I'm going to be the contender. You might look like you are the champion, but let me just remind you many times in the word of God, it looked like Israel was going under. It looked like they were surrounded by millions of people. Sometimes all these armies and here they rose up. They were the contender coming against the champion of their day. But anytime God is on our side, he always, everybody say always, always. He always causes us to triumph. Let's close with that verse so we know who we are in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 in the amplified, but thanks be to God who in Christ, what does he do? He always, everybody say always, say always, say always, always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Everywhere. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. You always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus.